So after a long day of work, you have to come home and bring a pile of it that you need to do late into the night. Have you ever had one of those days? That sounds fantastic. That sounds like your life like every day. (laughs) I do it by choice sometimes, but that is the life of a child, virtually every child that's in anything past kindergarten and even kindergarten and sometimes preschool. That is homework. This is what they have to do. This is it's homework. And and you know, nobody gets more stressed out about homework than I mean, every every kid does in their own way. And you know, recently we've been getting a lot of letters, uh, letters. I, I say letters because I'm 85 now. <laughs> Um, it's okay to be 85. You're a young, yeah, you're a young 85. Very young. I'm using a moisturizer. Everything's good. But no. Are a, you sucking a, on something, by the way? I can hear it. Is it like a cough drop? You need to spit it I out. I was. It's not, a, it's not a cough drop. I'm actually eating a granola bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is the worst thing you can possibly do on a podcast. So let this be a word to those who are interested in podcasting. And you kids out there, don't eat a granola bar while you're recording. Didn't they it's teach you that idea. in like in acting 100 yeah. class? Acting yeah, they said if you're in a scene, you're on a scene, unless the character is running a deli, spit it out. That's <laughs> what they say. So now, okay, so homework and anxiety. So we get, we get emails from everybody. And we got one. This is so fantastic that this person wrote in, Rini, you have to read this because it's, it's incredible. Well, you're listening to Dear Anxiety. It's a, it's a show. We have a show. Rini, Jane, and I, Ed Krasnick, have a show where we talk about how we relate to our thoughts and feelings. And we talk about emotional fitness. We talk about mental well-being. We talk about skills that you can use to, to live well, to be happier, to deal with everything, everyday life. And one of everyday life's issues for kids is homework. And so we got this email and it's going to set our whole show up. Our whole show is going to be about this email. That's right. I heart this podcast. I'm only 11 and I'm homeschooled and I listen to it because I get really stressed and this helps a lot. I have three younger siblings and lots of homework and classes for homeschooling. So sometimes I'm really stressed. Please do a podcast about anxiety and homework or even about being in front of crowds. I've been in front of crowds my whole life from dance to violin and speaking club. But so we're going to choose. So first of all, thank you. Oh, and he says, thank you for doing this podcast. Bye. (laughs) I love that. Bye. I thank you so much. This goes out to you. We're thinking of you right now. That's right. And we are going to focus on homework. So you asked us for a few things. We're going to focus on homework for you today. So homework and anxiety on today's Dear Anxiety show, Dear Anxiety podcast. So when you when you get, and I'm, and I'm sure that you hear this a lot, Rini, what immediately goes through your mind when you hear this kind of, this kind of situation? Please help me with anxiety regarding my homework. Well, you know, the thing that goes probably through most of us, which is the filter of our, our own personal experience with it, right? So I am a child of Indian immigrants, and I'm not hopefully saying anything stereotypical about my parents. I'm not sure if I am. It might have been very unique to my dad. But my dad, I don't know if I told you this, Ed, he would create extra homework for us. Okay, so it's not <laughs> like <laughs> the homework that we got from school was enough. He would make his own homework to teach us 
better, I guess, or more. I'm not really sure if it was like a quantity or quality thing. But I remember my dad making like math tests for us at home that we would, my brother and I would have to do on top of the homework we already had. So in in any case, you know, when my kids come to me and they do, they're in kindergarten and first grade and they come to me now and say, I don't want to do my homework already at the ripe age of five years old. My five-year-old is telling me he doesn't want to do homework. And we will talk about that today. Why are they even giving him homework? <laughs> His teachers aren't listening. No, actually, I hope oh, they are God. listening and it's okay to talk about it openly. But in any case, when they come to me and say that, I am immediately brought back to my own experience. And what happens when we're brought back to our own experience is one of a few things. One is we want our kids to experience the same torture that we did. <laughs> we might not wow. think about it that way, but we might say to ourselves, well, I did it growing up, Right. And so, and I turned out okay, right? That's always the thing. Wow. I don't, well, questionable. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Or we say, well, I remember that experience being kind of traumatic and I really don't want that for my kids. I'm not saying it's that black and white, but, you know, you ask the question, what comes up when people are saying that, you know, my own kids or kids that I'm working with. And a lot of times I'm thinking back to my own experience and viewing it through that lens. So what I try to do is I keep that perspective and then I look at the other ex perspectives because times have changed, you know, things have changed. And we we know more. We know more from the research. And so those are some of the things that we're going to talk about on this episode. So I think we've gotten away from the idea that a test is feedback, you know, that it is to show you where you're at, is to show your teachers where you're at so that they can help you because they are your guides, right? They're not to sit there in judgment of you. They're to help you. And that if we go to the core and the essence of why we're in school and we look at all of the whys, it's not about judgment, right? It has become about judgment, but it's never been originally the why of school and the why of homework is about feedback so that you can be guided, right? Like, what is the point of school? But before we get to that, let's talk about your daughter. You know, if she's she has a test coming up, she has a test coming up, she has a test coming up, and she wants to do well on it. And, you know, we were kind of digging underneath why, 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 because this is a judgment. And because if she does well, then she that means she's worthy. I mean, imagine constantly having these points of judgment. And it's not like you do well on one test and then all of a sudden that, you know, keeps you coasting and feeling worthy. Then you have another test coming up or another quiz or another piece of homework. So you are constantly trying to prove yourself. It is exhausting, right? So to that 11-year-old that wrote in, thank you so much for bringing this up because it's not just about the physical exhaustion of going to school the entire day, you know, using your self-regulation, your decision-making, all these different executive skills, transitioning, being on your good behavior, you know, all those things. It takes a lot of work and you might even enjoy it. You know, maybe you enjoy the structure. We're not saying that you hate school, but you get to the end of the day and you're tired, right? So it's not just the exhaustion of having to do something after you're tired, but it's really this feeling of, oh my goodness, now I have to prove myself again. And it feels never ending, right? Because you're going to school for most people five days a week and then you're doing the homework sometimes seven days a week. And it's like, when do we get off the treadmill of you know doing this? So I think where we need to start is why with our kids. And if you are a kid who is listening, it's very important that you establish the why for yourself. 
I think there's a book actually that was written that's called Start With Why. And, you know, so this isn't this isn't a riff on that book, but this is really that that question is so important. Why do you go to school? Why are your teachers there? And why is homework assigned? So what do we think some of those answers are? Well, like you mentioned, you mentioned, I mean, literally what it is, is it's it's to see where you are and to see where you need help and to see what you understand and what you're learning. Can you translate what you're learning? And so, you know, it's a, it's a way to measure that. What are you learning? I mean, yeah, in its purest form, that's what that's what you get tests about. But what it's also become about is if I have a test and I'm a public, now I'm not talking about private schools now, but if I give you a test, then I can measure where you're at. And if I can show that you're in a good place, then I can get more money and I can fund my school because some of these things are state regulated tests. And, and that's become a lot of pressure that every the way things are taught is all towards getting money for the school. That's another story topic, another story. But you're saying why? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that that's important. There are certainly these macro level issues that are going on with schools. One of them being the fact that we create a narrative about all schools. You know, we say the schools in the United States, that's a very big narrative. And we make these blanket statements. We create really broad brushstrokes to say, you know, kids aren't doing well in math. And so we're going to, we're going to do this. And I think there is definitely an episode to be had about, you know, the policies and does this make sense at a higher level? But for those of you who are listening, who are in school right now, who are getting homework, you know, to help you in this moment, we want to tell you to start with a why. And I think that the way that you can think about it is think about something that you want to learn on your own, you know, not a school subject, maybe. Maybe, you know, you want to learn how to build the best Lego thing in the entire world, or you're trying to advance in a video game, or Ed, is there anything that you have a deep interest in that you would want to have deeper mastery of right now? I guess music. I want to learn uh, the piano. Okay. So then let's say that you have an amazing pianist who wants to mentor you. What would you want to do with that person? How could they help you? What would you do in order to improve your skill of playing the piano? I think the first thing that they would, in my particular case, they would teach me that having a musical ear, it, it is important to be able to read music, but they would teach me from my strength, which would be, I have a really good ear. So how do I use that to practice? And I would like a teacher like that. And how because, would you use the teacher? How would you like to use the teacher? What could they bring um, to you? I would like them to bring, you know, expertise in terms of how to tell me to practice in a way that that I can sustain and and and, and to and to deal with what comes up for me around perfection and around how I break through those blocks because that's usually what stops me from trying things. So it would be somebody who's half therapist, half piano teacher, <laughs> half composer. <laughs> See, this is really interesting because when you are talking, I can hear in your voice, I can hear energy. I can hear that you would be open to feedback, that you would be open to using that person to help you improve your skill. And that is exactly what a teacher in school is there for. And it really is the reason that homework and tests should exist right? They exist as tools for the teacher to see where you're at, for you to see where you're at, not as a final point of judgment on who you are and your character, right? And how 
good you are and where you fall in this world. All of that is hooey. I said it. I said it, Ed. I said hooey. I'm so glad you brought hooey into it. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't say a bunch of hooey because that would be too much. No, that is hooey. Okay. So Mm -hmm. school is there to challenge you, to teach you how to challenge yourself, to help you grow, to unlock the curiosity that you came into this world with and help you soar. That is why school exists. Now, whether it's doing that for you, I think it's important still to remember the why. Your teachers are there as guides, as coaches to help you along. And the homework and the assessments and all of that stuff, while it may seem like it is a judgment of you and who you are, it is not. The purpose of those things is to assess where you're at so you do them and you don't be afraid to show what you don't know because you you show what you don't know so that they can help you, right? And I know that I'm saying this all as if it's in an ideal world, but I'm telling you that if you start with the why, the motivation will follow. So so if I'm I'm listening to this, I have homework today. I'm listening to this and I'm I'm home from school and I just had a full day of homework. Now I have to do it. So you're telling me to to actually sit down and start questioning why do I have this test? Yes. I want you to remember why you have it and to not think about it as something you have to get through, something you have to show up and make sure that you're perfect for. Because if you don't you know, get an A on this particular test, you won't get into that particular AP class and you won't end up getting into the college you want and get the job you want, right? So we're not going down the catastrophic future path. We are sitting down with a piece of paper in front of us and we're saying, well, I want to fill this out because I want to see what I know and I want my teachers to see what I know. And when I struggle, that's okay. I'm going to have some strategies for the struggle. That's different. Having strategies for the struggle is different than what I'm saying, right? We need to start with the overarching, why am I doing this? You might Mm -hmm. not like one of the subjects fine. You know, there's a bunch of things I do at work that I don't like either. And I know that maybe you've heard that from a parent before. Well, it's too bad. We all do things we don't like. You know, this is just life. And in some cases, that can be true. But what I really want you to remember is why you are doing it is because people are there and they want to support you and they want to help you. Okay, so yes, sit down with your homework, whatever it is, and remember the why. People want to support me and they want to help me. And that's why we're, that's why I'm, t- I'm having this test. Yes. Okay. Because I think so, if you do that, and if you yeah. do the exercise that we did at the beginning when you were talking about your daughter wanting to take a test and we were asking mm-hmm. why that's so important, if mm-hmm. you, if you as, you know, a, a kid who's listening or a parent who's listening really digs underneath why it's so, imp- what's causing the anxiety, why is it so important that you do well? on something as opposed to showing where you are, then you will understand where the fear is coming from, right? So there are some interventions that are embedded in this conversation that I want to highlight. And then, sorry, Eddie, we're going to ask something. No, it's just, that's what I was going to say is, okay, now I've asked why. I see that it's a standard of measurement. I see that my teacher wants to help me assess where I'm at. Guess what? I don't like where I'm at. All right. Awesome. I don't I don't like it. Good. Because I'm not because I'm not I'm not good enough. Okay. So you don't like where you're at, right? Doesn't mean that you're not good enough. Just means that you you feel so I'm not invalidating how you feel. I understand right. that you're saying you feel you're not good enough, but I think that let's look at it as where you are in progress. Let's do this thought experiment for a second. Okay. okay. Let's say you got up tomorrow and kind of like in the movie Big, 
you just wished that you were great at everything and you woke up and today you're great at everything. Okay. Okay. You go in, you're perfect at math. You don't need any help. You write the, you, you, you're writing prose for your English essay. You know, you're great at that. You have a absolutely photographic memory when it comes to every historical event that's ever happened in the history of the world. So like you can ace history. Let's just say you're great at everything. You go to sit down to the piano and you're, you know, playing a playing Mozart at like an expert level. Let's just say that you're amazing. You're a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo. You have no other place to go because you've you're the best at everything. So now what happens? What do you do? I'm not really sure. I have no place to go. I'm not saying that we don't want to excel and reach up, reach some peaks or reach some goals. But what I am saying is that there can be extreme meaning and joy in learning things, right? And yeah. we're so incredibly focused on the end result that we totally miss the journey. If you yeah. if you get measured for something, let's say it's a standardized test or let's say, you know, it's a whatever, let's say it's a science test or a chemistry test and you get a big letter at the top that says C, right? Okay, so what we need to do is have a perception of what that means. Does it mean to you that you're not good enough? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the C, yeah, what C's and B's and A's are, whatever the grade is, whatever the score is, it means that I have higher to go, which means somebody else is better. Okay. I'm not as good as somebody else. That's true. So you can say all of those things factually then, you know, Mm -hmm. that somebody Mm -hmm. else... But but let's say them factually. Yeah, you got a C and somebody else got an A. Somebody was able in on that day to answer those questions or maybe every day in a row. Who knows? You know, maybe it's consistent or maybe it was just that day. But let's just say that it's consistently happening, that you're getting Cs and this, these other people are getting As. So then there is a gap in, in information, right? There's gap in being able to answer those questions. And that is good. What is good about it? That we know, that we know that there's communication, that we know where the gap is, because then we can teach you. If we don't know what you don't know, what is there to teach? If we're all busy faking it, basically, you know, pretending to know stuff or not trying anymore because we don't want to show what we don't know, we're never going to grow and we're never going to learn. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that Does makes it sound a lot of sense. too much of a lecture to you, like receiving that as a kid. Be the kid. Is it? Does it sound like that advice is not helping you? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I have all this. You know, all I know is that I have all this homework to do. I have tests. My teachers are waiting, and it seems to be easier for the other kids. It's not easy for me, and I tell you, and I'm worried about it. Okay. That's what I know. What I know is that. Now, you know, I mean, you you know, you want me to ask questions about it. You want me to ask why. And the thing is, because nobody wants to get a C. Well, I think that that's where the flaw is. That's where the flaw is. And that's where we need to work. See, if you, like, even in that conversation where I said nothing, by the way, Right. So there was like a mini, mini role play going on where Ed was doing a monologue. And I know our kids do this all the time where they're just talking. (laughs) Sometimes we jump in or many times we jump in, but I just let you just keep going. Right. Right. And so nobody wants to get a C. 
That is the statement. That's the adversity that you're dealing with right now. And so I think that that is wonderful information because what's wrong with getting a C? Let's go from there. Okay, so what's wrong with getting a C? Well, it's it doesn't feel good because it feels like I'm not a good student. Okay, so getting a C means you're not a good student. Is that what that means? Yeah, because I don't know it. Okay. And I'm when supposed you're, to know it. Oh, okay. So remember when you started to play piano? Mm-hmm. And you were like five years old. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, and now you're 11. And you can, when you first sat down to play, were you good? No. Okay. And what did you do to get better? Practiced. Okay, a lot. You practiced a lot, right? A lot. And that was something where I didn't really have to say to you to practice because you sort of loved it always. Yeah. And so you wanted to practice, right? Right, right. Okay, but when you weren't good, did you think that meant you weren't a good piano student? Well, there were times when I felt like I wasn't getting it, you know, but I didn't feel like I was a bad, I mean, I was excited because I I liked it. I liked piano. But there are other things that I don't like. Okay. So when you don't like something, like what do you not like? Tell me. Algebra. Okay. So when you don't like algebra, does that affect the way, and you get a C, let's say you got a C on that last algebra test. What does that, what does that mean to you? It means that I'm not good in algebra. Okay. And what do you need to do to be better in algebra? study more or study differently or talk to my teacher. Okay. And what is challenging about that for you? I don't want to admit that I'm, I mean, can I just be, can I just be like really honest here? Yeah, of course. Be really honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. I don't want to, I don't want to admit that I'm stupid. Ah, okay. So getting a C in algebra means you're stupid in your mind. Okay. Okay. So I think that you're making huge judgments about yourself. I hear you. I mean, you're obviously making huge judgments about yourself based on where you're at. I see them as learning opportunities. When you were five and you started playing the piano that and you couldn't play a note, that was a massive learning opportunity, right? right. And now you're 11, you're getting a C in algebra. That is a massive learning opportunity. Now, you're not going to take all of your learning opportunities because some of them you know, are more challenging than others, maybe above your above your level of skill right now, and you don't feel like working on it, right? But all of these things that you're not acing, let's say, are all learning opportunities. That's all they are. And your teachers, I mean, I don't know if they feel this way in the moment right now, but I can tell you that one of the reasons they probably went into teaching is because they want to help you with those opportunities. They want to take your hand and help you. And if they're not available to do it, I want to do it. Hey, this is a chance for us to work together. Do you know if I were to, we, I don't get grades anymore, but if I were to get grades at work, I would have a bunch of C's. I can grade myself and give myself a bunch of C's. There are a bunch of things that I'm working on and every single day I struggle with a bunch of things. And sometimes I get super frustrated and even take my notebook and I throw it on the floor and then I take a walk and I come back, and I try again. I don't want to be an A in everything, because if I'm an A in everything, it means I have not, my brain's done growing. Mm. I'd be bored. Mm. 
That C is not a judgment on who you are. It never will be. And even if you get an A, it's not a judgment on who you are. I need you to remember that. Yeah. Well, that's good to, that's good to remember. It's just, I can't believe that I, I can't believe the things that I'm saying about what a C means to me. It takes a lot of courage because a lot of times we want to hide it. And I'm so glad that you're telling me this right now. Don't hide it. Scream it from the mountaintops if you want to. I got to see. Yeah, you can be. Yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, certainly I was embarrassed about it. I didn't feel good about it. And I, you know, there are a lot of times during the day, even at school and outside of school, where I just don't think I'm smart. Well, it's hard sometimes when you're in a classroom and they're teaching a concept and maybe you are really, really paying attention. It's not even like you're daydreaming and it looks like everyone around you is nodding their head and they get it. But listen to me, there are other kids that don't get it as well, okay? Or there are other kids in other classes that are not understanding things or that find it challenging and that's okay. That's okay. We just need to make sure that your classes are challenging you enough and not to the point where you're totally distressed and it's way, way above your level, but a little bit above your level. Because otherwise, remember what happens when your little cousin comes over and you play checkers with him and you beat him every time? What do you say to me? It's what? It's boring. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's boring. It's totally Mm -hmm. boring. Your brain gets bored if it's too easy and there's no challenge. I want all of your classes, or at least most of them, to at least challenge you, challenge your brain to the point where you're growing. And if you're getting a C, hallelujah, you're getting a C. There's a huge opportunity for learning. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess. I guess. I guess I can I guess I can try that. So, let's go, so let me so you're telling me like now I'm going to sit down and do my homework. I should start asking myself why? Yeah, start with why. And you know what? Once you figure out why, make a poster of it and put it or a post it just doesn't matter. Hang it up where you do your homework every day. Try to do your homework in the same spot and make little post-its to yourself. Why do you go to school? Why do you do homework? You know, and what does it what do grades mean? You go to school to challenge yourself, to help you grow, to unlock your curiosity, right? hmm. You do homework to show where the learning opportunities are and tests. Hmm. And grades don't tell us about who you are. Hmm. Well, yeah, they they tell us about what you know, what I know, and what What I don't know. What you know in this moment, yeah, and where the learning opportunities are. Absolutely. So I should have these kind of conversations with my parents. I mean, I'm actually asking you, you know, I, I can't picture talking to my mom and dad about these things because they think that getting a C is not very good. Yes, but you know what? They have your best at heart. So when you open up the conversation, because at the end of the day, when you ask them what they want for you when you grow up, I bet you they're going to say words like, we want our son to be happy. You know, we want our son to be quote unquote successful, right? And then you can ask them, well, what does that mean? So yes, a lot of us grew up thinking that getting particular grades were important, right? But really, when you dig underneath that, parents have always wanted their kids to work to their 
potential, which means working hard and working in a dedicated way and being curious and having that natural love of learning. That's what parents really want. So you can try talking to your parents. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And and how do I, how come we just can't, how come we just can't learn? And how come we just can't take classes and do the things that we like to do and just follow what we're interested in in that subject instead of what the book says? You know what? I invite you to get really interested in that conversation because that's a conversation that a lot of grown-ups are having right now. Is all of this homework useful, right? Mm-hmm. Is it putting out my curiosity? And I suggest what you do right now is if you feel like you're not into a particular subject that you're working on, let's say whatever subject it is, let's say it's English, let's say it's history, find a way to tie what you're working on to something that's relevant in your life. Make two columns. In the left-hand column, put the subject or the actual assignment that you're working on. You know, maybe the assignment is build a solar system, you know, out of paper mache. That would be fun. (laughs) And then, but maybe, yeah, but maybe on the right side is something that you're super interested in. Okay, so let's put on the left side maybe something more stereotypical, stereotypically perhaps not as exciting. Write an an essay on Shakespeare's greatest work, right? And maybe that's not exciting to you. Oh, that would be exciting to me. And then on the right-hand side, let's say that your favorite thing is Pokemon video games. Mm -hmm. So now your goal is to try to find a connection between the two. Now, I am not going to be able to create a connection on the fly. But, you know, I don't know if like Hamlet and and Charizard from Pokemon have something in common. (laughs) Sure they do. Sure they do. They're both characters on a quest. Yes, they're okay. So they're characters on a quest. So Mm -hmm. find something linking what you love to what you're doing in school or find a reason why this might be important in life, right? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if you're like, listen, I don't have time to do that. I have so much homework to do. Then just trust in the process that at some point, while it might seem totally irrelevant right now, what you're working on, it might be important in your life later. And guess what? Maybe it won't be, okay? But you're still going to have this thing where you're able to do it. You're still going to be able to sit down and do it. Now, there are the other like mechanical things that are going on, the other like little things that are, I mean, little, they're big, right? Things that are going on where kids feel burnt out, where they're just, they want to be in flow at home with what they love to do. Like what you just asked, right, Ed? Like Mm -hmm. how come I can't just do the things that I love to do? And I have all of this homework. I mean, yes, sometimes we have chores or we have, you know, these other, or we have homework or we have these other things that we have to do when we get home. We don't really feel like doing them. It's super, super, super important, obviously, to take care of yourself, right? To nourish yourself with some things that you love, you know, whatever puts you in flow, what your hobbies are, to give that to yourself. It's super important to sleep, I know a lot of kids will sacrifice sleep for doing, you know, lots of extra things. It's it's super important to eat properly. So eat, moving, and sleeping are really, really important. It's important, obviously, to get things in in the day. And sometimes it feels like, we, oh, I don't have enough time in the day. I go to school, and then I do an after-school activity, and then I come home, and it's literally like I'm on a, you know, in a factory. It's like going from one thing to another thing to another thing. Hmm. Well, then, if that's the case then you have to create space in the time, you know, in the weekends when you have some space. Or you have to say to your parents, I need space to do nothing. 
sometimes literally do nothing. And sometimes that takes your own self-awareness. I'm not saying any of this is easy. I'm not, I'm really not because as you guys probably know, you know, I run a business, I have two young kids, I don't have a lot of family where I live. And so I totally get it. I completely Mm. understand. But I think that these things are extremely important to realize when we need space to just kind of, I'm not kidding, stare at the wall and do nothing. (laughs) Just do Mm. nothing. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. There, you know, sometimes, you know, as a writer, they say, well, when you're not, you know, when you're sitting and, but you're not doing anything, you're not actually writing, is that right? How could that be writing? And really experiencing life and having time to just, you know, a little bit of time to stare, a little bit of time to think, a little bit of time to walk, a little bit of time to take a little bit of space. That's another thing that you said that really makes a lot of sense is when you're doing something and you're getting frustrated and you find, take a minute, take us, take us, take space, take a second, walk away, walk around the block, walk, walk down the hall, you know, listen to something for a minute or two. You, you don't, when you're feeling a lot of resistance about what you're doing, probably the way you're doing it needs to change. And probably a good way to take care of yourself and something that anybody can do is to just stop what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are little interventions that work for many of us, especially when it comes to nature. So if you are living somewhere where you actually can walk outside and put your feet on the grass for five minutes or literally hug a tree, that can be extremely rejuvenating, right? That can give you the energy to go back. And then sometimes our kids, many times, they want our help, right, to do, our, to do their homework or somehow their homework becomes our homework, right? So as parents, we really need to figure out where our role is in supporting our kids. And that can be, they can be gray. You know, what is the role? Is the role sitting next to your child while you're doing something and they're doing something? What is it that they need so that you're not doing it for them, yet they feel supported, right? Yet they feel supported. And then how much can you let go? Because it's hard to let go. We don't want our kids being uncomfortable, getting in trouble, you know, falling down this rabbit hole that they can't crawl out of with grades. And we start to get anxious for them, you know, and sometimes we feel they're not anxious enough about their homework. And so we're like, well, we'll just do it for them. You know, what is your role? You really have to reflect what's your role and what can you allow your child to be in control of? right? And to reap the repercussions of. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I will say that, that one of the biggest comforts, you know, that I like is being in the same room with my daughter and having her work on her work, whatever she's doing, or could be on a computer and having me do my work at the same time in the same space, but not, but not necessarily, you know, talking to each other, but just being in the same space doing our work, you know, separately, but being together. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, there's a great, great strength in that. I don't know if people spend enough time doing that or uh, I certainly like it. I certainly like it. It feels like community, you know, but yet you're doing your own thing. There, there really is something to that feeling. I'm off on my I'm, I'm community. 
community. Absolutely. Yeah. Having community that other people, it's the reason people go to gyms, right? Instead of working out by themselves a lot of times. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. you might be able to just run outside, but then you go and run on a treadmill because there are other people there that are with you and going through that shared experience. So I think that that can be important. You know, and then there's other little tips, of course. If your child is feeling overwhelmed, then create miniature goals for them. We've had episodes on procrastination where we've talked about, you know, the the thing to do with procrastination is ask your child, what's the next action you can do that's so small that you can't fail, right? So whether that be going to get your book or just opening up your backpack, mm -hmm. um, there are, there's huge benefit in routines for the brain. So creating, you know, quote unquote homework time. So if it's, you know, creating a routine where you're, you come home and your kids have a snack and then they have break and then it's like, okay, it's, it's homework time. And if you are getting resistance from your child, I invite you to think of that as communication, you know, as opposed to, okay, it's time to battle. It's homework time. It's time to battle. Think of it as communication. They're communicating something to you. And even if this is hard to do, of course, you could really, I mean, you could, you know, we're adults, so we have power a lot of times. We could use our power and say, listen, you have to do your homework or else X, Y, and Z. Or you could take it as a moment to figure out what's going on and say, okay, well, what's going on here? I see that you're really, really reluctant. You, I can tell you don't feel like it. Can you tell me more? Yeah. Well, yeah, this is this is interesting. So we started, as you heard, we started with this letter, this email from uh, a listener who is 11 and homeschooled and so not around that kind of community, maybe, and gets really stressed and has three younger kids in the family and lots of homework and classes from homeschooling. So sometimes really stressed. So I, I guess, you know, we, you know, start with why. And, and then I guess, how do these things relate to your life? And, you know, what do these things mean to you? Ask with why, why do I want to get the grade? Why am I doing this? What are we, you know, that those kind of questions can really lead to something and then start conversations with your parents about these things, you know, bring it up. You don't have to sit through it alone, even if you're homeschooled, even if you're homeschooled, please continue to write us. Tell us how the homeschooling is going, okay? And if you're someone else who's listening to this who's homeschooled or in school and you have homework and you want to share what your experience is and how you feel about school or how you feel about other things that are going on in your life, no matter what age you are. If you're 15 and you feel completely isolated, who doesn't at the age of 15 or at any age, please write us and you can reach us at gozen forward slash dear anxiety. <laughs> Gozen.com. So, Gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. But there's also a go in there, isn't there? So if you want to fill out the form on our site to reach us, you can go to gozen.com forward slash anxiety. Or if you just want to send us an email, you can send it to go at gozen.com. Look at how easy that is. So please do that. Thanks for all of your great comments and your great reviews. You can find us on iTunes or anywhere where you get your podcast, but you can find us on iTunes at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety. Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is, you can you can find us. And we want to find you. So let's find each other and let's keep each other company through this through this crazy maze of the things that, that all of us are going through. We're, everybody's together in the same thing. No one is an expert. We're all going through it together. Absolutely. And 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a whole new area (laughs) that we can discover together. And keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. See you next time. Bye, guys.